Welcome everyone to Tamriel Adventures, a show that brings you information from all across the far reaches of Tamriel. I am your host, Eric aka Sulior, and today we are going to be talking about another one of the factions in Tamriel, and that being Fighters Guild. But before we get to that, we do have a little bit of news. So, first off, um, there is a new trailer for Redfall that um, I'm really looking forward to this game. I hope I get a chance to play it. Hopefully it'll work on my computer as um, I have it preloaded, but I have to wait until May to play it. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to this game. I got a feeling that it just, it really hasn't gotten as much attention as it should. Everybody's either looking for Starfield or new Elder Scrolls and uh, Fallout games. Uh, guys, it's going to be a while. We still don't know when Starfield is going to be released, but we do know that a Microsoft Direct or whatever you want to call it is on the horizon for this game. But we do have Redfall coming out May 1st, so yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to that game. At least uh, playing it a little bit. It looks pretty fun. So um, yeah, go check out the trailer. And so there is also a gameplay trailer that is out. Uh, another game that is going to be coming out pretty soon is a Doom mobile game called Mighty Doom. So that comes out next month. So um, again, guys, um, commenting on every single yeah, social media post that Bethesda makes or anybody related to Bethesda makes about Fallout 5 or Elder Scrolls 6 doesn't really do anything because these are done by different studios. These are not the same people working on those games. Those people are working on Starfield and God forbid we have a little bit more to play than just Elder Scrolls and Fallout. So, you know, people are pretty positive on Doom, so I don't know what the issue is. I'm actually looking forward to a Doom mobile game, so... Yeah, it's a top-down arcade-style shooter, so... It comes out March 21st on iOS and Android, so, yeah. It seems pretty fun, so I'm looking forward to it. So, let's see what else we got here. There is an update to ESO coming out uh, pretty soon. It's update 37, so I got some patch notes here for it. So it comes out March 13th on PC and Mac, and March 28th on Xbox and PlayStation. So it has screen narration, allowing you to have the majority of the game menus narrated to you as you navigate. So I'm all about, uh, or I'm all for accessibility, so good on them. So this uh, will be in English, French, German, Spanish, Japanese, or simplified Chinese. Um, there's another option in the menus for you to hide your shoulders for your um, outfit that you're wearing. Um, kind of like hide your helm, which I am okay with hide your helm. Um, I don't really understand the point of hiding your shoulder armor, but if you are, if you like that sort of thing, then cool. Um, there's also some new quality of life improvements for housing. So this includes a new set of filters for the housing editor's placement 
and retrieval tabs allowing you to place items specifically from your bank inventory or house storage or collectibles um, so yeah um, that'll be that'll be nice um, again I don't really get into housing nearly as much as some people do I do like having houses um, some of them are really nice but ridiculously priced but they are fun so yeah again I'm not much for like settlement building housing um, decorating um, but yeah I know there are some people who spend a ton of time with this sort of thing so you know that'll this will give uh, those people a little bit more to do or a little bit more accessibility at least so yeah that really is it as far as the news or um, there hasn't really been anything more on uh, Necrom I'm really looking forward to that though so let's talk about what I've been playing lately so there is a new game in the uh, Xbox Game Pass called Atomic Hearts. Um, this, I, I played a little bit of it. I played a few hours, and it's it's pretty fun. Um, it's got some really heavy Bioshock vibes to it, which I love. Um, I absolutely loved Bioshock Infinite. Um, haven't really, I don't know, I... I played a little bit of Bioshock 1, and for whatever reason, it hasn't really stuck with me. Um, I, I didn't think it was bad. I don't know. I don't know what the issue is. Maybe I just did something I need to push through a little bit more. Bioshock Infinite, however, I that game is phenomenal. <clears throat> so, yeah, this, this game really gives me Bioshock vibes, which is cool. Um, the, the basic premise of the game is that you are an agent for this organization in a world that really relies on robots to do a lot for them, and of course the robots rebel. Um, they didn't on their own though, they were um, directed by somebody who betrays the company um, that you work for. Kind of like a spy or something, some secret agent. And yeah, that. Uh, I mean, how many stories have there been like that where man creates technology, technology turns on its creator? But I mean, I guess that's why the story has been used so much, is because, you know, people seem to enjoy that story. Um, I played a lot of Fallout 4 recently as well. Um, I talk about that a little bit in this in the next episode of Tapes from the Wastes on Nuka-Cola. So I was a guest recently on the Fallout feed. And, you know, because I was playing a lot of Fallout 1 with them. And they were wrapping up the roundtable for that. And they decided to talk a lot about Fallout 4. And, you know, Fallout 4, I, I played a round table with them as well. And I had a character that I had made before that round table that I'd done a lot in the game. I'd, I'd beaten the main story, and I had beaten Far Harbor. I'd beaten... Um, I, I couldn't get Automatron to start 
for whatever reason, um, I would go to the spot that they would direct you to begin this. Like you go and find Ada and Ada would never be there. So I was never able to do Automatron with that character. However, the character that I created for the round table with Fallout 4 did have that trigger. So I was able to do it with that character. And I had started Nuka World with the pre-round table character, but I'd never finished it. I hadn't gone back to that, so I decided, what the hell, let's do it. So I had been playing a lot of Fallout 4, and specifically Nuka World with this character. And for all intents and purposes, I finished it. Like I said, I um, talk about this a lot on the next Tapes from the Wastes episode on Nuka-Cola. But yeah, I was running around Nuka World and you get some lore tidbits on the history of Nuka-Cola, both from terminals and from the loading screens. And, um, yeah, like I said, for all intents and purposes, I finished the story. Um, I won't really talk about it a lot here, but I had a lot of fun with it. Um, the main bulk of the story is clearing out the different zones in Nuka World for the various raider factions that inhabit it, inhabit, um, the park. And then it turns into settlement building. Um, there's a character in Nuka World named Shank, and he, for all intents and purposes, becomes the Preston for Nuka World. So you start taking over the settlements in the Commonwealth and um, assign your different raider factions to inhabit these settlements, and then you got to make them happy. So, yeah, um, that's, uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of that recently. And um, so, yeah, for all intents and purposes, I'm done with Nuka World. Um, settlement building, as I mentioned earlier, is not really my thing. I don't mind um, going and um, possessing these different settlements, but the settlement building aspect of it, um, not really, it's not really my thing. Um, I mean, I don't hate it, but making these people happy can be a little... Um, <laughs> exhausting because you got to get a bunch of uh, junk and um, build different things to make them happy and sometimes it just seems impossible and the thing about this is is you have to really I don't know if you have to get their happiness level up to 100% um, to go get a new settlement but it certainly seems like it so yeah I mean I think there's a little bit of story after you complete all this, uh, but yeah, I'm you know I'm basically done with Nuka World for now. Um, let's see, what else have I been playing? I, I actually played a little bit of Skyrim recently, or you know the last few days. So somebody in the excuse me um, ASA podcasting Discord mentioned that they were able to get a unicorn mount in Skyrim. Now, I knew that there was a unicorn in Oblivion. It has to do with one of the Daedric quests, but I did not know that there was one in Skyrim. Um, so they told me where the uh, 
beginning of that quest is. So you actually find, I think it's the uh, somebody's journal on the desk of the orc um, librarian in the College of Winterhold. And it mentions something about a unicorn in the rift uh, hold in Skyrim. So you gotta go and uh, tame this unicorn and it becomes one of your mounts, which is pretty cool. Um, my guess is it's part of the Creation Club content that got added with the Anniversary Edition of Skyrim. So I went and did that, but I also came across another couple of quests that I'd never dealt with before. And my guess is these are also Creation Club content uh, mods, because I, I don't think I'd ever even heard about these. So. I don't remember exactly where I got this quest, but I got a quest that directed me to this um, this uh, cave in the Reach, uh, the Markarth Hold, and you talk to this guy. Actually, no, um, that's not how this started. Um, somehow I ended up in Shorestone. I'm not sure where. Um, or what took me there. I, I think it was another quest that I already had or something like that. But <clears throat> I run into this guy who looks like he wants to brawl. Don't know why, he's just standing there with his fists up. And I said something to him and he's, he basically challenged me to a fight. And I was able to talk my way out of it. I intimidated him saying, just walk away now uh, while you still can. And he's like, all right, well, you're the type of person that I've been looking for. So he directs me to this cave in the Reach, the Markarth Hold. And I'm talking to this Red Guard who... Uh, actually, this is pretty lore-friendly. So he talks about how the Red Guards are one of the very few people, if not the only group of people, that drove the Thalmor out of their home. And he mentions that, you know, they're still kind of at odds with the Thalmor. And there was a Red Guard that made his way to Skyrim, only to be betrayed by another Red Guard. And he is being held captive by the Thalmor. So you have to go and rescue him from the Thalmor, not to mention this traitor. And it was pretty fun. Um, it got you some armor and some weapons. So I've been playing a little bit more Skyrim. Um, I did the quest to... Um, I, I did some of the uh, Dark Brotherhood quests. And I am about to do the battle for Whiterun with the Stormcloaks. Yes, I have mentioned many times on this show why I side with the Stormcloaks. Um, go back and check out the Great War um episode not to mention the uh, I think I there's other uh, episodes that I mentioned this so um, yeah Bethesda's really good about having factions where there isn't really no right or wrong answer uh, both groups none, none of them are completely good or completely evil uh, they're there's a lot of shades of gray with these people, and I find that really interesting. So, yeah, I, I've been doing some other stuff. I, I 
just kind of forget how many mods that I've loaded because I'm walking around these cities and I've, I definitely have a um, textures mod for people not to mention I've got mods I gotta have a mod that really improved um, Breeze Home and White Run because I mean you become a Thane in one of the biggest holds in the in the province and you get this tiny little shack it's basically what it is um, it's what it seems like at least so it is good to be playing Skyrim again I need to play more ESO but um, yeah I've just I, I <laughs> there's been a lot that's been going on I mentioned this before on my show but there's been a lot that's been going on with me lately uh, which is why this uh, episode's been kind of delayed so anyway um, really that's about it as far as I, what I've been playing lately so let's get into today's topic and that is the fighters guild Alright guys, let's talk about the Fighters Guild. So, this is one of the rare instances where the Fandom Wiki page actually has quite a bit more information than the UESP Wiki does. Um, yeah, the UESP Wiki is basically just a summary of things, um, of the, uh, the uh, history. So it does mention that the Fighters Guild is... Uh, chartered by the Emperor to regulate the hiring and trading of mercenaries, protect commerce, capture or drive beasts away, and similar security duties. And the guild halls can take on a contract from any citizen, preside, providing it does not conflict with the laws or customs of the region. So, yeah, and then it, it just kind of gives a brief history. So, I'm going to be... Uh, reading from the fandom wiki page this time mostly so let's get into this so it says the fighters guild was originally founded as the syfim s-y-f-f-i-m um which is uh zesky uh, whatever language that is uh, for soldiers um it says here that the sayesi um or seichi are a race of vampiric serpent folk. Yeah, I, I think I've talked about them a little bit. So, I don't know why um, it mentions that the... Oh, so I guess, yeah, it must have been founded um, by somebody who was a uh, Seiski. So, yeah, it says here also that they're a professional organization chartered by the Emperor, and I, I mentioned this here. So the guild was founded in year 2nd era 320 by... Daenerys Vess, under the supervision of the Akaviri Potentate of the Raymond Empire, Brasidjushe, which I've mentioned before. So shortly after its establishment, it became the official mercenaries of uh, official mercenary guild that the citizens from all walks of life in Tamriel depended on for protection and combat assistance. So. The Fighters Guild will accept almost any contract. Uh, contracts pertain to the killing and infestations of rats, eliminating troublesome bandits, delivering packages, and escorting high-ranking nobles are all suitable jobs for members of the guild. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a few quests that deal with rats in the history of the series. So there is a quote here from Master Valenia Danton 
who is a character in uh, Oblivion. So she's an Imperial warrior of the fighters and the fighters guild master. So she can be found in Coral or inside her home. But the quote says here that the Fighters Guild is a brotherhood of warriors. We provide a service to the to Tamriel, lending steel and shield to those who need our help. Whether that means ridding a town of an invading menace or protecting a helpless mage, we'll take the contract. A helpless mage? Who'd have thought? So, after the potentate Versigiche conquered the rebelling princes, he was left with a chaotic land. He spent the last of his armies in gold fighting the princes, and with no standing army left to guard the towns and villages, crime everywhere had skyrocketed. A solution was created when Daenerys Vess, quote-unquote the Iron, I guess that's a nickname, suggested the creation of an order of mercantile warriors for hire. Originally called the Siphon after the Tseski word for soldiers, it was eventually changed to the Fighters Guild. It was to be comprised of only Akaviri warriors, but many men were needed, and the Tseski did not understand the local geography and the politics of where they were assigned, so natives were often recruited. So here's a section on the Plain Meld, which is the uh, events of ESO. Sometime prior to uh, Second Era 582, the guildmaster Yofnir Iceblade was killed under mysterious circumstances. During the plane meld under his successor, Guildmaster Sees All Colors, which uh, this is a, an Argonian, the guild worked actively to assist the thwarting Molag Ball's invasion of Nern. Now, they, um, you work alongside the um, Mages Guild and the Fighters Guild, as well as the different factions in the game, the uh, different uh, members of the Three Banners War, to invade Cold Harbor. So originally investigating the Dark Anchors, the guild recovered an alien artifact known as the Prismatic Crystal from um, Zendelt, uh, that's a um, Dwemer ruin, which was initially hidden and provided the source of the Mortum Vifkus Alif, a traitor to, of the guild working under Molek Ball, attempted to manipulate the vestige into killing Seize All Colors after framing her for the Ice Blade's murder. The vestige later decided to believe the uh, Seize All Colors, causing Elif to reveal her true intentions and use the Viviscus to transform herself as a Daedric Titan. The guild defeated Elif, and with uh, Yorfnir's spirit, giving the Vestige the prismatic weapon and going to Sovngarde. Yeah, that is the end of the Fire's Guild storyline in ESO. During the Allied invasion of Cold Harbor, the Fighters Guild, along with the Mages Guild, First Altmeri Dominion, Daggerfall Covenant, and the Ebonheart Pact, entered the realm from Sturk. With no global leader, the imprisoned Iliad King Lelorian Dinar took, the t took up the title of leader. Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, being able to interact with an Aeliad. A master technician and strategist, Dinar led the assault all the way to Hart's Grief and used knowledge of the captured guild hall in Revere Citadel to maneuver the armies through the Fist of Stone. Dinar was mortally wounded defending the army from a Daedric attack and entrusted the Vestige with a gift in his dying moments. So that is 
what we know about the activities of the fighter skill during the second era. Let's go on to the third era here. The fighter skill gained greater prominence during the early third era under Emperor Uriel I. In third era 397, the guild maintained a hall in the Skyrim-occupied Western Dawnstar, led by Dominus. In third era 405, the guild also operated in many locations around the Iliac Bay. Many of their missions involved involve defeating harmful creatures, though their most important one involved saving the spy lord Kavar. Um, I believe this is uh, the events of um, Daggerfall here. Let me double check that. Yeah, that's Daggerfall. Um, I do remember doing a little bit with the Fighters Guild in Daggerfall. I haven't played a ton of it. But I do remember being sent to different locations and killing out, or killing like werebats and werebears and things like that. Um, <laughs> that was fun. So it says here in Third Era 427, the Fighters Guild in Morrowind was suffering from corruption in Vivek City, causing many to worry about the direction the guild was taking. As a result, the corrupt leader Yorning Hardheart who is in charge of the, with, or I'm sorry, who is in league with the Kimona Tong, was executed by the Nerevarine. They also sought out the deaths of high-ranking members of the Thieves Guild, including Guildmaster Gentleman Jim Stacy. Um, yeah, I did complete the Fighters Guild quests in Morrowind. It's it's been a while, but I do remember you do become the Fighters Guild leader at the end of it. So that was that was fun. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I mentioned rats earlier, actually the article mentioned rats earlier, but that's one of the first quests that you do in Morrowind is, um, there are rats that are getting into this person's, uh, storage unit, uh, outside their house and you have to clear out some rats. Um, there's also an early quest where you have to deal with some poachers in uh, Kwama Egg Mine, so you have to go clear those out, and then I think the next quest after that, which is not easy, is you have to, uh, there's somebody, there's somewhere like near Caldera where there's, there's a group of people that you have to kill, that was difficult, you have to level up a little bit to do that, and you probably hear my cat saying hi in the background, as always. Um, but yeah, you just, um, once you're done with the quests in Balmora, you get sent to other, uh, cities around the area, like, um, Alderaan and some other, uh, places. I think there's quests actually in Vivek City that you do. So, yeah, it, it was, a, it was a fun little quest line in Morrowind. So let's talk about Oblivion. So in Third Era 433, the Corridale, I'm sorry, Cyrodiil, not Corridale. Uh, <laughs> I uh, kind of combined Coral and Cyrodiil there. Um, I'm going to leave that in because it's kind of funny. Uh, Fighters Guild mainly operate in Anvil, Shadenhall, and Coral. They looked into the dealings of the rival Blackwood Company, which is another mercenary guild situated in Leowin that would take the jobs the Fighters Guild would not. Um, the problem with this is is that they were kind of being shady in what they were doing. So they were kind of poaching 
the Fighters Guild quests, not to mention, I want to say they did it for a little less money. So the contracts were cheaper for the consumer, um, not to mention that they pretty much always got the job done. But like I said, they were, they were being a little shady. So they had a history in their uh, guild hall that, so basically they were doing it hopped up on drugs. And when they would take this hist sap, they would um, kill everything within sight. So yeah, um, basically you have to go help shut them down and kill the histories that um, were providing this. So that and, you know, effectively you know, ends the Blackwood Company's presence. So um, I think you, if I remember right, you also become guild leader along with Madre Norin. And Well, maybe you don't become the guild leader, but you do um, get pretty high in the rankings of the Fighters Guild in Cyrodiil. So, um, like I've mentioned, I don't know how many times before, Oblivion is very appropriately named, uh, not to, not for the, just the sake of uh, the fact that you get to explore at least a couple of different planes of Oblivion, but because it was the end of a lot of things in the world of Tamriel. Uh, I mentioned last week that it was the end of the Mages Guild presence in Tamriel, and it is also the end of the Fighters Guild in Tamriel. Not to mention the third incarnation of the Empire. Um, so yeah, it's also the end of the Third Era. So... Not exactly sure why the Mages Guild and Fighters Guild presence is done after the events of Oblivion, but they are. And when we get to Skyrim, you know, there there's still guild halls in th that used to be in Shorestone, Riften, Windhelm uh, during Secondary. You get to visit these in ESO, but. Yeah, the Fighters Guild presence was no longer in Skyrim by the Fourth Era. The companions kind of effectively become that guild in Skyrim. So, you know, and the College of Winterhold kind of effectively um, operates as the Mages Guild. But the Fighters Guild and Mages Guild themselves aren't there. So, which is kind of crazy, because up until then, they'd been in every single game. And, you know, we, we see them in the second era playing ESO. But, yeah, they're, you know, they were gone after the events of Oblivion. So, that is really it, as far as the Fighters Guild. So, with this next episode, we're going to be talking about the Thieves Guild. Which uh, has been in every single game as well in some way, shape, or form. So yeah, that really is about it for this episode. I'd like to thank The Hive as always for 
sponsoring this podcast. And if you'd like to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at iangold08. You can find the show at Tamriel P. And you can also take a listen to my other shows. I've got uh, Super Nintendo, and the last episode I kind of broke down the most recent direct. And I'll be talking about the Pokemon Presents that uh, recently took place, among uh, other things, in the next episode. And I mentioned earlier there's an upcoming upcoming episode of Tapes from the Wastes. As I'm recording, uh, it is the last day of February, February 28th of 2023. So, yeah, uh, we'll be talking about Nuka-Cola in that episode, so be on the lookout for that. And I am going to be in the next episode of the Modus Files. And I have to see what that episode is called. Give me one second. It is Season 2, Episode 17, Early Warnings. So be on the lookout for that. Lawrence McNamara, the showrunner for that, said that it would be out early March, which March begins tomorrow as I'm recording this. So it should be out soon. So, yeah. Um, I do have a TikTok that I sometimes post video clips on. It is uh, My handle is Suliora, S-U-L-I-O-R-E. I posted a couple clips recently of my Nuka World gameplay. Um, TikTok algorithms are weird. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. But yeah, go check that out if you'd like. I posted a clip where I was taking on some Nuka Works, and I posted another clip where I was taking on a Gator Claw. So pretty fun. Anyway, that is it. I'm gonna get out of here. So as always, stay safe, adventurers.